Big Red Revival. Well, another end of an era, uh, another coach has come and gone here at Nebraska Saturday after a 45 to 42 loss to Su- Georgia Southern, the Scott Frost tenure here at Nebraska has come to an end. Uh, Nebraska gave up a, a record or third most yards in Nebraska history, 652 yards and broke its streak of two, uh, it was 214 and 0 of scoring 35 plus points at home. And uh, we fall to Southern Georgia to drop to one and two. And Sunday, Trev Alberts, the AD of Nebraska, decided it was time to make a change. Three weeks before the buyout is cut in half from 7.5 million or 15 million to 7.5 million. Um, the Scott Frost tenure is done. It, and it, uh, it didn't end how we all wanted it, but uh, this is where we're at, Zach. Uh, how are you feeling? been a crazy couple days here in nebraska as a nebraska fan as a nebraska resident um it it's it's over i think we all i think most people that follow actual football and follow sports know knew that it had to be done um but (sighs) we're here um you know we're on our third coach in the last 10 years i believe um zach where's your head that head at this point uh this moment in time here well, with Scott Frost being gone, um, Trev, Trev Alberts has officially stolen about the 90% of the content uh, from this podcast. So we're going to have to uh, figure out something else to talk and bitch about. But um, I think I think it was uh, it was timed perfectly. I mean, there's no there's no reason that we keep we keep going down this path with him. Um, we'll get into the financials, I think, at some point, obviously, in this podcast. But I think that that didn't come down to being an issue for us. Um, I think that uh, we had to we had to make a statement with with this type of announcement. We had to do what was right for um, the future of this program, the future of the university, the future of you know um, all of the the players um, on our roster, and um, you know just the f- future of success within this uh, within this program. And so. I, um, I, I love the fact that they did it when they did. Um, it, it just, had we not done it like that, I think we just continue to look stupid, right. um, you know, in the, in the eyes of the, uh, the college football, you know, fan, um, other teams, you know, whatever it, whatever it is, but it's, it's never good to see another man lose his job and, you know, have to f- face these types of challenges. But at the same time, you know, we, he get, he was given more time than anybody else would have gotten. And you'd be a fool to say that this just wasn't working out. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's, it's time for a change. And, um, I, I think the, the chatter around new coach hires is the worst type of chatter in college football. Right. Um, but at the same time, we have to deal with it and we have to, we have to put our best foot forward and that's what hopefully we'll do. Yeah. Um, like you said, um, you know, none of us, nobody in Nebraska, no Husker fan, no Husker resident, no Husker player, coach, administrator, teacher um, wanted to be at this point. Um, 
it just, you know, your hand is forced. And, you know, it's then today when you're Trev Alberts, you have to make a decision. He made the best decision that he thought for the program and uh, the team, um, you know, and obviously that October one buyout uh, date was looming large. And, you know, some people, uh, you know, question like, well, we couldn't wait another basically two games to, uh, you know, sa- save $7.5 million. And you're throwing around big numbers like that. And especially in a time of, uh, you know, uh, economic turmoil in the country and around the world. And, you know, we're kind of just taking $7.5 million and basically flushing down, you know, paying somebody not to come back to their job. Uh, you know, I can see how people, it kind of rubs people the wrong way, but you know, then a day, one man's problems, not everybody, every man's problems, you know, uh, Nebraska is in a good financial position. Um, and, you know, he talked about the, the, uh, one just trying to do what's right for the team, what, for the kids on the team. And then also just for the fans of the donors and everybody that's a Nebraska fan. I mean, it's people, people act like you're, you're talking crazy when you talk about how like wins and losses really affect the um, economy of Nebraska. And it's absolutely true. I mean, people, if you talk to anybody into kind of the industry, the restaurant industry, the bar industry, like they will tell you that their bottom line is affected by wins and losses by the Nebraska football team. Um, so, you know, you talk about the missed money in the economy in downtown Lincoln. You talk about the concessions of people, you know, Frost is the coach for the next two games, people boycotting the games, not showing up, people uh, disappointed in how it turned out. And it's, you know, like that $7.5 million, it, yeah, it's a big fucking number. Don't get me wrong. But in the grand scheme of things and, you know, a, a university that just basically got $1 billion, that's billion with a B for their TV rights for the next uh, seven years. Um, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's I can see how it rubs some people the wrong way. And, you know, money's at uh, at a high premium right now in this economy, this in, inflation economy. But, um, you know. There's people that are out there doing well. There's companies out there doing well, and there's universities out there doing well. And we, we're put privileged to be on the right side of that. And Nebraska University is printing money. Okay, they're printing money. So the seven point five million dollars was clearly not a, a deal breaker for him. And you know when he was asked about uh, you know kind of the going rate for new coaches, you know he said that uh, you know money is not going to be an issue. And you know for those of you who don't know what going rate is for a top end coach, you're looking at six to $10 million a year. So (laughs) that's, uh, you know, (laughs) it's people want to, you know, scoff at it and it is what it is. And, you know, it it also just goes to kind of the, the people out there that were like, Oh, they should have given him more chances. And it's about the kids and like, listen guys, it's about W's and L's. Like let's not try to dress it up as anything else. It's about W's and L's. Okay. And that's the only thing it's about. Okay. So uh, the guy was given plenty of opportunities, plenty of chances. I mean, when you're paid five, $5 million a year, $4 million a year, he's been paid 40 million now or through his contract now, plus a $15 million to go away. It's about production. Okay. This is a results oriented business. And if in any walk of life, if you're producing at the level Scott Frost is producing, you're going to get your ass fired. So I don't see how anybody is shocked or disappointed that it happened. Like what, what line of work do you work in where you can come and be the worst fucking employee statistically in the history of the, of the company of the program and think you should keep your goddamn job. 
Now we all, yep. all aren't as fortunate as Scott to, you know, my, you know, your company to pay you $15 million not to come back to work. <laughs> I mean, we all wish to be so lucky to, uh, you know, I wish my company would pay me $15 million not to come back. Shit. Fucking want to hear from me ever again. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's not, you know, it, like it, it, there's kind of two sides. You know, you hate to see any person lose their job. Um, you know, people of us that have been in positions of, uh, you know, hiring and firing people, even the people that you hate. And you're just like, oh, man, I can't wait till I get to fire this motherfucker, you know. And then the day comes and you're like, you know. It kind of still stings a little bit, even though you've been mm-hmm. thinking about it for months and just like, can't wait to get rid of this motherfucker. And when finally time yeah. comes the day, you're, you know, you're taking food off a man's table. Um, you're a man's losing his job. But um, but that's that's why we brought Trev Alberts in. Yeah. I mean, he's got that experience. I mean, he he's cut whole programs from universities. Right. He, he cut the football program from UNO. He cut the wrestling program from UNO. I mean, this these are the signs of a, a good leader who know how to make this type of decision, um, even when it, they're the difficult ones, and they know how to answer to to what to the whys that you'll get from the media and from the fans and the, you know from anyone else. And so, um, I I mean, I couldn't be happier with the way Trev has handled this. You know, he's he's the, the man is a professional, absolutely, and and you know he came in and things weren't great and. You know, there's, there's, this was always top of mind for him because this is the, this is the cash cow for the university. And, um, so for him to not only kind of flex a little bit on, you know, how the financials aren't going to be a big deal, but when that, when that situation, and I, I, I feel like Trev wasn't the one that seeked out this, this payout. I feel like he was, he was, um, approached. Yeah. Some, some boosters um, made the point. call and said, I'll cut the fucking check. Get this guy out right. of here today. And, and, you know, as, as a alum himself, and he probably is on a, a first name basis with these boosters. Right. Um, it, it wasn't a tough call for him. And at the same time though, when you have the means to make this type of decision, you also have the means to, to send this, this message to not only Frost, obviously well-received because he is now unemployed, but to the rest of the coaches and the rest of the players and yeah. anyone else that's involved whatsoever with this university that, hey, I'm not here to play around. This, this, this isn't, shit, shit I'm not ain't Steve, sweet around here. I'm not Steve Peterson. Right. I'm not Sean Eichhorst. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy who cares about the, the impact that I make at this university and, and, you know, what it means to him. And so, um, it's, it's coming from a different place than, than past firings have. And I feel like that, uh, we're in good hands for, for whoever steps in for him, but, um, that's, that's yet to be determined. And I hope that this, this search does take some time because if we're going for the guys that they're already talking about, Hopefully it's these guys that are in contention for conference championships and playoff right. playoff contention and, and things like that, where, you know, it's it we're gonna have to wait because, you know, they're not gonna jump ship when they have something going uh something good going themselves. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, it's at the end of the day, you know, Scott Frost went sixteen and thirty-one. Um, obviously the on the field product was absolutely disgusting. Um, it was terrible football. Um, across the board. It was undisciplined football, unorganized football. Um, and as bad as the on-field product was, the, the off-the-field product from Scott Frost was just as bad. Um, the guy was an absolute fucking coward on and off the field. 
um, from his press conferences, you know, completely not taking responsibility for anything that went on. I mean, every press conference, every time something was going on, it was always throwing somebody underneath the bus. It was never, it was never I, it was always him, you know, we punted the ball, uh, you know, 40 yards off the mark. And that's why we lost the game. And, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator needs to get a little bit more creative in this league, even though Scott's been calling the plays for four years in this fucking league and has managed all of, you know, what, 12 wins. So, uh, you just, I mean, the guy took no responsibility, was not a leader at all. Um, you know, and, you know, I go back to the saying that, I, you know, I forget where I hear, heard it at, but it's the thing that just really rings true to me. And it's, you know, how you do something is how you do everything. And you can go back and look at the fucking Big Ten media days. And, you know, you know, people wanted to say, oh, you shouldn't be making a big deal. out of it. It's it's you should be making a deal out of it. All right. You know, it's like how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you look at your own life, it'll tell you exactly that's the truth. OK, the guy stepped up there. You have a chance to get up there, sell yourself, sell the team. And you get up there with a cocky attitude to start Big Ten media days and say, no, I'm good on an opening statement. I mean, I'm the worst coach in the conference with the worst record and the hottest seat in the conference, but no, I have nothing to say. And it's just, that's Scott Frost for you in a nutshell. I mean, it's just, it's just been one thing after another. And like I said, it's been obviously the on the field project has been absolute dog shit. Okay, guys. I mean, the, the last year's football, I mean, we granted we played decent football, the defense played good and we were in a lot of close games, entertaining games. But the three years before that, this year, the product on the field is absolutely unwatchable. It's despicable football. It is not how Nebraska, uh, you know, likes to see themselves play. We are a, you know, in the trenches, tough nose, run the ball, play good defense, school. It's, you know, it goes back to your Nebraska values of just kind of hard-nosed, tough people, um, not a lot of flash, just like grind it out, get the job done, and stop complaining. They didn't get the job done, and then he fucking complained and pointed the finger at everybody else along the way. The guy, I just have it's just hard to have a lot of respect for the guy. I mean, go back to Big Ten media days when Garrett Nelson is just. I mean, this is the captain of our football team, and the the thing he has to say about his coaches, I just want to see him happy again. That tells you. I mean, what else do you need to hear? I mean, if you look back, just you know, you just think back and you just think about all these red flags and. You know, there's a lot of them that stand out, and that's one of them. It's like your star players, like, I just want to see you happy again. The fucking season hasn't even started, and your star player is talking about that he just wants to see you happy again. Um, it feels like Scott Frost punted on this job a long time ago. Um, I think he mentally checked out, and it, it showed itself. So, um, Zach, I mean, just how do, how do we get this to this point with Scott Frost? I mean, you know, I guess – you know, I saw the Twitter thread, a question of like, what what was the first red flag that you saw in the Scott Frost tenure that told you that maybe this wasn't going to work out? Um, you know, admittedly, as any listener and you know, I did give him the benefit of the doubt a lot of the time. Um, I thought eventually maybe it would work out. Um, and, you know, there was just there was no indication that that was ever happening. Um but, um, you know, as far as him punting on the job or I, yeah, it just seems like he thought everything was just going to fall into place. Like it kind of did for him getting hired here. And he felt like, you know, he could just kind of put it into cruise control and let things do, you know, fall as they may. And that's just not how this industry works. Right. I mean, 
Trev Albert said one of the or, um, things he's looking for in the next position is a grinder. And that's just not what he had in no. him. He, he, he didn't have that. He didn't have that mentality. He didn't have that bone in his body to be a grinder. He thought, you know, I'm going to go based off of my past playing experience. And, you know, my, I got my buddies with me to help me coach this team. And, you know, you know, we'll, we'll get it done. It, 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 I'm just going to blame, you know, the past regime and then hope that <laughs> right. that carries me, you know, far enough to where we can do it. Um, but, you know, where, as far as for me, um, where I, where I kind of gave up or where I saw it, you know, beyond return, um, there's, uh, I would say, you know, like you said, in the, in the big 10 media days, you know, that, that initial, you know, him, showing face in in front of the media and then just treating it as if it was just like another interview. That's, that was, that was kind of what started to make it click for me. And then just the same old shit um, to, to start the year this year, just, yep. we came out and we, we weren't, we weren't prepared for the game. And then going back to a different thing, I don't think um, a lot of people really think of, and it just, it came to me today, but when he actually did finish five and seven with this team and we had an option to go to a bowl game, yep. we could have gone to one. We didn't yep. chose not to. Um, he didn't, he didn't want to, he didn't want to play another game of football because he wanted to start his vacation earlier, start his off season early. Yep. Yeah. He had a lot of, and, and to his credit, not his really his credit, but he had a lot of players opting out. But if he's this big on these walk, these walk on guys and, and you know, the, the, the whole Nebraska field. Right. You got 155 kids, kids on the on. fucking team. You don't think one of them wants to go and right. play? And we just decided, nope, we're going to pack it up this year and, and go into next year. And it's like, <laughs> at that point, that, I think I was a second year coaching here. Third, um, yep. Maybe third yep. year. It was third year. Okay. Um, you know, he hadn't seen success. Right. Why wouldn't you take a couple extra week of practice in another game? It's because he didn't want to put in the work. Yep. He wasn't that grinder. Yeah, he wasn't. And so he wasn't. So it's kind of a three layered answer I gave you. But, um, you know, that it's things like that were showing up previously. But those were, you know, I I let him I, I had a pretty long leash for him to start. And then it shortened and shortened and shortened. And then yep. that last, that last, uh, the loss against Northwestern did it for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first red flag I saw myself was, um, go back to his introductory fucking press conference. And it's like, damn, the introductory press conference. And this is a guy that's, you know, now obtaining his dream job. And, you know, this is the introductory press conference to get up there, you know, Talk about yourself, talk about, you know, what you're looking for in the program. And he takes uh, a good chunk of the uh, first introductory press conference to scold the media of how to treat him and his family. Um, Go back and watch it. I mean, he literally, if you talk to my mom, my dad or my wife, you will be cut off and I won't talk to you guys again. I'm not playing with this. Like, do not talk to my personal family, my family. That's my personal life. And this will not mix and match. And it just, it was like, what the fuck is that about? Like, you, you know, we're here. What are you hiding? We're here celebrating shit. And you're here talking about you're yelling at us about fucking not talking to your family. And, you know, and then, you know, it, it all makes sense. I mean, it's easier to hide things from your family if no one's able to talk to them. And, you know, you know, when you get fired from a job or when somebody gets fired, you know, that's when people want to start, you know, spilling all the stories. And anybody that knows anybody has heard these stories about Scott Frost around town 
and what Scott's been doing in the off season or not in the off season, but in his non, you know, in front of the camera time. And you know what? In every single story I hear, it all revolves around the same thing, alcohol. Um, you know, if I can, people want to talk about, I saw one t- uh, tweet. It was like, oh, you know, you, you, you know, they show the pr- pictures of a president when he took the job. And when then when he took, you know, left office like Obama, he's like, oh, look all the gray hair. And she's like, look at the picture when Scott started and we'll look at him now. It's like, it's not from stress. It's from drinking. Okay. Scott Frost has a drinking problem. Okay. None of the other, you know, the radio stations and podcasts want to come out and say it. He has a drinking problem. Okay. Every single story you have heard, it all revolves around the same thing, you know, and it's like maybe, maybe some of them aren't true, but if you hear a hundred stories and all of them evolve around drinking, guess what? At least 68 of them are true. And they're all circle around the same thing. I mean, you know, the story was coming out this week about, uh, you know, his recruitment of uh, Dominic Royola's son, you know, calling in drunk to fucking, you know, you know, no show in uh, the number one recruit in the nation because you had too many margaritas the day before down in Scottsdale. Uh, I mean, the, the, everybody heard about the golf tournament with him and Bill Moose. I mean, you know, getting into it in front of everybody and, you know, people, the, and if you listen to the radio guys, they're telling you, they're telling you, if you already know what you're looking for, they're telling you what the story is. Okay. You just got to have your ears open. They're telling you that yep. Scott's been having a drinking problem since he got here. And it's, you know, there's, you know, his assistant coaches are going, went to Trev and snitched on him because he shows up to practice late three to four days a fucking week. The head coach of the program is showing up to football practice late. And his assistant coaches are going to Trev and telling him, we can't have this. They're telling him that, mm-hmm. hey, Scott was on supposed to be on this uh, Zoom call with a recruit, and he no-showed him. And it's just – and you hear the room the, – what happened out in Ireland – uh, Scott's out at the bars drinking, and then after the game, he chews out Trev Alberts because fucking Trev, you know, basically forced him to switch his coaching staff up. It's just, guys, you know, you're not supposed to kick somebody when they're down, but when they're a cocky fucking asshole about it, it's hard not to, you know. Everybody's seen somebody going through it, and right now, Scott's going through it, okay? The guy's spiraling in his personal life, and you can't have that as a $5 million a year coach the highest paid state employee here running your program and supposed to be a leader of young men. What do you, th- you think? Have you seen anybody come out and defend them? You remember when Pelini got fired, how many players came out and just, that's yeah. my guy. That's my coach, man, blah, blah, blah. I had seen fucking zero of those. I mean, his yeah. players fucking knew it. I mean, they're, they're probably like, they're, you know, our coach is out partying harder than we are. He's got a problem and then you look, with alcohol. And then you look at the guy came and then here. You look at like a guy like you look at a guy like Sarkeesian. Yep. Who who kind of had the same sort of scenario at USC and he came out to like a, a pep rally, I believe it right. was, and was just noticeably hammered and you know ultimately got fired. And now he's kind of like on the comeback a little yep. bit and in in his uh in his um pregame meeting against Alabama on Saturday at, on game day. He was like, "Yeah, I hit rock bottom, and I was lucky enough to get a shot from from uh, Saban, um, Saban yep. to uh, to get back, um, you know, into things." And it's just, yeah, it's it's a matter of just like kind of identifying it on your own, yep. and it, it, he, that's what that, I mean. That's really what Frost needs, and maybe this is this will be the shock that he needs to get get back on the. And I and I just want to I just right want to say that you know it's 
everybody knows somebody that's went, went through some shit and, you know, and I fully expect Scott Frost to get through this phase and to bounce back yeah. and have a super successful fucking life. I mean, the guy is uber talented, has a lot of talent to him and he's just, he's in a bad spot. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you get everything you want in your life and, you know, you're in, you know, you've got, you've achieved your gym, you know, you're coaching at your alma mater. This is a dream job. You're making $5 million a year. And you've got a perfect life. You've got everything you've asked for. And, you know, sometimes that's the worst thing that can happen to somebody that you're given everything you've ever wanted. And that's the worst thing that can happen to some people. Shit it's probably the worst thing that could happen to me. I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, some people it's, you know, it's a lot of us when know how to act. So I don't want to just like grill and be like, oh, you know, I want to be doing the same thing. You know, I, maybe I would, but you know, that's, we're in different positions and it just, you can't, you can't have a guy that's in charge of young men and leading a whole new university. Right. And like I said, he's in charge of the economy of Nebraska. Like, like I said, and he's in charge of a lot of other, there's millions of who are professionals that are on his coach. Exactly. Other that, men like Shenander and these guys, there. they have to, they have kids and families to feed that are all yes. relying on him to have his shit right. And you're looking at a guy showing up late to practice, fucking always unshaved, fucking just looking like a drunk. He looks like a drunk guys. Like that's you guys, you know, at, at the beginning, I'm like, God, he must just be grinding, sleeping out the office. And it's like, that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening guys. He's out partying and drinking. And, you know, I knew it was bad when they said Matt Davidson has uh, distanced himself from him. So yeah. when you, Mr. Fucking yeah. Gate 25 distanced himself from you, you'd know you fucking got a problem. Okay. So yeah, if Matt Davidson, you heard saying, it on the radio hey, call too. Yeah. You're, over, you, you, you're doing too much. If Matt Davidson's saying you're doing too much, you're doing too much. That'd be like me, Ray, be telling you, like, hey, man, you're getting a little out of hand. If I'm telling you you're getting out of hand, <laughs> fucking, you're definitely out of hand. You know, like it's nope. so time to, time to look in the mirror. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, he came here, he's lost his dream job and, you know, you hear all the other shit sounds like the wife and, you know, the family issues have been. So you hope the guy fucking rebounds and fucking catches himself. And I'm hundred percent sure he will. It's maybe this is what it took to do it. Or maybe there's maybe another just a wake up call. Yeah. But just a wake up call. It's, yeah. it, it will happen for him. He will wake up and he will fucking grab himself well, by the bootstraps have- and get up and turn his shit around. He's got some guys like on Twitter kind of going to bat for him. I mean, they're outside of like his his close bubble, yeah. um, I think, that he has and outside of the state of Nebraska, which probably helps. But like that Marty Smith. Yep. Uh, he, he went out there and said something really nice about him. That's that's probably the stuff he needs, and he just needs to take kind of a step no, back and, you know, and I, see, get some breathing and room. I think, and, and I think maybe, I think that's the opposite of what he needs. I don't I think he needs somebody to fucking tell him how it really is. Um, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, because that's what's been yeah. going on. He's everybody here in the state. Everybody's dying to get close to him. You have your dream job Where's Osborne been here? And, that's, that's and everybody in the state wants to be friendly with you. Everybody wants to help you out and get close to you. And now it's like, it's just, it's just a recipe for disaster. And, um, why doesn't he reach out to Osborne? Though? Yeah, it's, I mean, it just hasn't worked. He's the godfather, right? <laughs> exactly. It hasn't worked. And there's a million reasons why it hasn't worked. A lot of it, you know, and it's a 50-50 on the field, off the field stuff. Um, you know, you hate to see it end this way, but it it, it had to end. It had to end. And yeah. anybody that thinks it, did. it didn't has no idea about 
sports, college football, and how things run. It's like, should have given him a couple more years. Like, that's not how this works. Have you, if you're saying that, then you don't know how, you haven't looked at other college football. This is not an exclusive thing to Nebraska at all. Like, this is not exclusive to Nebraska firing coaches left and right. This is not a, just like, this is a weird thing. This is the norm. Okay. This is the norm. Like, he, he could have been fired after year two and people wouldn't have blinked an eye. Like, oh, it came in, fucking won. What he went four games first year, five games second year. It's like, so two losing records and you're gone. I mean, Ed Ogeron at LSU, he won a national championship, got fired less than 18 games later. After winning a natty, got 18 games and was fucking out. Okay, so couldn't have been happier though. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? Fucking like I said, it's hard to feel bad for a guy that someone paid you fifteen million dollars not to come back to work. Okay, yeah. you know, <laughs> not to mention Frost pulled out of uh, the Memorial Memorial Stadium in a Denali truck. Um, so d- he's a, he's okay. Hey, hey, okay. So about that, so I saw the video. <laughs> <laughs> this, this this shit cracked me up. My my boss at work, he goes, hey, did you see that video of uh, Frost pulling out of the stadium? I was like, yeah, you know, fucking. I, I, All he had was a backpack. No, and I was saying, as I was saying before, I was like, you know, you always want, you know, you want somebody to get fired. And then when it finally happens and you see it and you kind of feel bad for him. And he's like, yeah, did you see his truck? I was like, yeah, a little nice to know. He's like, no, did you see the rear end of it? Fucking uh, on the side of it, all fucking scraped up. And he goes, that shit was yep. fresh. I'm like, <sighs> fucking i didn't i didn't notice it either and kaylee said something she was like did he get in an accident i'm like i didn't even notice dude that's i mean the thing is that's a company vehicle and that's just given to you by the dealership so if that happened a month ago you just go in and turn it in and give you a new one hey ghost coach frost like that shit probably happened the fucking night before so this motherfucker clearly went out and fucking hit a pole hit something fucking within the last couple days like and when he said that i just started dying laughing i was just like Yep, <laughs> just yep. He's out drinking and driving. Fucking a, yep. Fucking brand new truck and yep. Back end all fucked up. Not the rear end. Like you got rear-ended. Like you took a corner too tight and fucking hit a motherfucker. So it just <laughs> it's fucking. Uh, it's just incredible, man. It just it's mm. what a time. What a time, man. Yeah. Um. It's like it's like when uh, they they came and got uh. What was his name? The D coordinator, the real weird dude, Bob uh, Diaco. Yeah. Dude just wearing that sweater vest. It was like August. Yeah. And I'm like, something's up, brother. What's wrong with you? So, yeah. you know, and exactly. And, you know, Frost was given everything that he could ask for here. You know, he asked to bring his whole coaching staff here. Unprecedented move. No one's ever got a new job and brought their entire coaching staff. They gave him that. He said, "When he got here, we need a new we need a new uh, training facility dedicated to football. 150 million dollars later, we're building a whole new training facility." He said, "You know, when I was here, we had uh, practice in the morning, so we need to restructure class schedules for my players can practice in the morning." Restructured. I don't disagree with that part. I think that's the best way to do it. Whether it's it's whether it's the best way or not, they restructured class schedules to fucking suit what he asked for. So he comes in. Giving everything he wants. What do you need? Yo, you you need more money for your assistant? Boom. You want to bring them all? Boom. You need a new training facility? Boom. $150 million. Oh, you want to practice in the morning? So we got to move university schedule classes around to fit your student athletes. Boom. You got it. Uh, fan support. Got it. Given every opportunity to succeed at this job, and he was an absolute failure. Yeah. It's like, you know, what, what? I mean, if your boss comes to you at work and says, what do you need to be successful at work? 
and you t- and you just rattle I, off everything. I need you to leave me yeah, alone. Yeah, I need you to leave me alone. I'm working hybrid, fucking, you know, like unlimited vacation, fucking like hiring my buddies. Uh, I'm breaking all the rules, fucking just like, and they just, sure, and just check everything off. And so give you everything you want and you still fuck up. It's like, it's on you. It's, it's on you and only you. Uh, just, and I just wanted to circle back around to this buyout thing. Um, me being the petty person that I am, I'm super petty. I said, we should fire Scott Frost for cause and cite the uh, numerous times of uh, him using tobacco on campus, because that is 100% against the, the law, the rules of the university, him being a university uh, paid employee and he's on national TV, on press conferences with the fucking biggest chaw in his fucking mouth he can fit. I'm trying to get out of that fucking contract. And I think you could. Here, here's, the, here's the rule in black and white. No tobacco use on campus. And here's you 17 million times chewing tobacco on campus. I would fucking fire him for cause. And I would take that 17, that $17 million or excuse me, $15 million and donate to somebody because it's petty. But he doesn't deserve it. And if Scott Frost cared about this state, this program, this university as much as he says he does, he shouldn't have taken that whole 15 fucking million. He's been an absolute failure here and an absolute embarrassment to himself, his family and the state. And I would I would got my lawyers and I would say, fucking get me all that fucking money back. This guy's breaking the rules and get me the money back. It's a technicality, but it's a technicality. And you've seen how people get fucking screwed for less. And he absolutely doesn't deserve that money. And if he had any ilk about him and wanting to this state, this program to su- succeed, he wouldn't have taken that whole 15 million. He's a joke. He's a joke for it. And he clearly is just not a man of his word. Like I said, if you say you okay. care about this program so much, you shouldn't take a whole 15 million to lose your job. $15 yes, million. Dollars? It's, it's def- like, you know, the people in the definitely- state work hard for their fucking money and you're going to take 15 million not to come back, even though you've been a fucking joke. Yeah, right? it's a self-respect thing for sure. Like you, you probably shouldn't even accept the uh, the payout. You shouldn't, or just um, hey, say, hey, you but, know what? I'll take that seven and a half that you're gonna on the first. Fucking wait, take wait, that other seven and a half and donate it to the university. Like if he had any respect point, for though, himself in the program, that's what he would do. I think we should definitely get off frost here in a second. But back to your point, though, um, as far as like the payout. That's that's all I think just bullshit at this point in where we're at in college football. I think that's just a conversation point. Um, I don't think that Nebraska had any issue coming up with this seven point five million. Oh no, not out all. there. And I don't think any big time program like Nebraska clearly still is when they can do that right. um, would either. I think that you know you're looking at your your G five schools that may have. But they're never going to be in that financial bind where they're going to be in that situation. I think Nebraska just feels like, hey, we might as well start putting our best foot forward to look like we know what we're doing here and what we want to be doing in the future. We got to get this guy out of here. And money was not an issue, just like he he also said in his press conference about the the new hire. Yeah. So no, um, and I I get that. I I just I think that I I think that money. It's just not an issue in any sort of college football uh, I mean, conversation. It, it, but unfortunately, it is. UCLA, UCLA is running a $10 million debt per year. 
fucking in their athletic program. Yeah. Money at Nebraska? No, it's no, it's not an issue. It's not an issue for them. Yeah, look at look at the stands and the stadiums. For exactly the games for us being played. For us, there, no, it's not an issue for a lot of programs. Yeah, it is. And like I said, that's just me being petty. Like I like I just yeah. would feel fucking correct. I would just feel cheated, and you know how I feel about being cheated. Fucking, I just fucking can't let the shit slide. And I would fucking just. I would I would just go after him for that fucking money just because just just because of his fucking attitude and it, like I said it's it's not the losing part that really gets me because I when Mike Riley got fired I had no issue with Mike Riley it's just like he did everything right off the field and nothing right on it he shouldn't have been hired in the correct he shouldn't have been hired in the first place but I had no ill like when he got fired I was like and, he's a good he's a good man that's what I said when Mike Riley got yeah, fired I said and it, he's a good man it just didn't work when this happened it said this guy's a cocky jerk. And he deserved this, you know. And it comes back to Trev Alberts just knowing what he's doing. Yeah, Tre- I mean, Trev couldn't have been any more impressive in his uh, his press conference. I mean, it was it was just like I was like, hey, how about you take over, man? You know, like we, you know, and like we don't need head coach calling the plays. We just need somebody to fucking provide some discipline and some like, you know, like what do you say? We, you know, we're going to get detail oriented. We're going to stop talking about the previous championships and we're going to stop talking about the things it takes to become a champion. And when you get Which detail oriented our interim coach. and process oriented, those things will work themselves out. And I guess that Thank brings me to the, the next question, which, um, you know, local media, national media, local fans, you know, it's all over the map on like who Nebraska is, as a program nationally. Um, you know, I had a nice long argument with my brother about who Nebraska is nationally as a program. And they're still a national brand. Um, he was telling me, you know, no, no, they're not. And then I fucking sure enough, first segment on Colin, Colin Coward's show, first, first NFL weekend of the season, you know, there's nothing but news to talk to talk about. And boom, there's Nebraska fucking in the opening segment of the fucking number one rated sports talk show. It's Nebraska talking about getting frostfire. We are a national brand. And people yes, say, oh, you correct. haven't been relevant, whatever. It's like, I am 36 years old. I'm 36 years old. Nebraska is a top five program winning in every metric you can come up with in 36 years of my life. Okay. I'm 36. That is that is not halfway through most people's lives. So it's like people our age and older than us all remember Nebraska as being like a dominant fucking program. Okay, so it's like these. They're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Recruits. Well, guess who raised those recruits? Their their dads. And guess what their dads remember? They remember Nebraska out steamrolling motherfuckers and being the team of the '90s and being that dominant team. So like, Nebraska is still a national brand and can recruit at a national level. And you know, when they say that, people are like, well, it's never going to be how it was. And it's like, it's not. It's absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what the expectation for me is. My expectation for me for this program is to be at the top of our division. And that's not much to ask. We recruit. We have the best recruiting classes at the top of the Big Ten division, the Big Ten West division. We have the best fan support. We're going to have the nicest facilities. We have the best tr- tradition. What else do you need to be successful in college football? What What school – in the Big Ten West should just be better than us. What school has more to offer than Nebraska does? We recruit better in Wisconsin. We recruit better in Iowa. We recruit better than Minnesota. We clearly have better fans than them. We have better facilities, and we fucking most certainly we're about have to, better tradition we're, than them. So 
People keep saying we're about to have even better facilities. Exactly. So it's like, what's disadvantage? What disadvantage do we have of any team in the Big Ten West? What does any team in the Big Ten West have better than Nebraska? There's nothing. They're not cursed. Nothing. They're not cursed. <laughs> fucking. That's true. <laughs> yes, we. There's there's something in the water, man. Like honestly, like you know, my cousins from uh, out of state and whatever. You know, they talk about how we're, Nebraska people are always bigger. You know, like my cousins here in Nebraska are bigger than everybody, else, all the rest of the family. And they're like, there's something in the water, something in the water there. And it's like there's something in the water here that is just. It's just curse, man. I don't know if it's because we just try too hard and we press too hard on this team and this program to be successful. But I mean, you know, it's a it's a theme that we've that's been repeated on this program many times. Pressure is a fucking privilege. Okay, like you think UCLA players got pressure with the fucking two hundred and sixty three fans that showed up to their fucking game. They don't know if they won or lost. Fucking no one's talking about that shit. Like. Pressure is a privilege. Like you want to go somewhere and I don't know, win, I don't know, win seven, eight games a year and no one's fucking watching, no one cares. If you want to come to Nebraska where you're treated like an absolute fucking God, you're going to have a great NIL deals. You're going to be set up for life. If you come to this program, put, put in your time, work hard. People are going to respect you. People are going to be wanting to give you every opportunity to succeed. And I'm not just talking about why you're at the university. When you graduate, People still want to be associated with somebody that was a part of the program. You're going to be set up for life. You come in here, put up, put in your time, work hard, and fucking don't fuck up. You know, and if you do fuck up, if, as long as you bounce back, people are going to be willing to give you four, five, six chances to fucking get right and give you every chance to succeed. If you were a Nebraska football player, there's not too many places like that. If you play for Nebraska football, you are set for fucking life in this state. Like, where else is that at? Damn, when did you when when did you uh, join the recruiting? Team I'm telling you, send me out there, send me out on the road, send me out on the road. Like that's like I hope they're telling people that. Like it, we're not talking about four and five years; we're talking about the rest of your life, man. And and by the way, look at you. Like this is the the most optimistic I've I've heard you on this pop podcast. Huh? I told you I didn't probably like the ever. fucking guy. Since, I didn't. No, probably since uh, Scott Frost started to like be shitty at coaching. Yeah. No, it's just it's. I had my okay when Frost got hired. Frost is my favorite quarterback in Nebraska history. I know Scott Frost, my favorite football quarterback in Nebraska history. I absolutely loved the guy, and it just no, you do. It just fucking uh, you know, just sucked to see how it went and how it ended, and it just really soured my taste on him and everything else. But. Um, sorry, my computer's dying here. Let me get get it plugged in here real quick before I get cut off here. But unprepared, like fast. Sorry, and we're back here. Uh-oh. I said, I said, unprepared, like for us. <laughs> exactly. Fucking this goddamn laptop. I tell you, it dies in fucking twenty minutes. For you know, if you don't have a plug, blame it on the laptop. It, just geez, like it, I know. See, I'm, he's rubbing off on me. <laughs> fucking rubbing off on me. Damn. Uh, laptop don't charge itself. Exactly. <laughs> it's fact. So no, I, I just I'm it this. This period in time for Nebraska needed to come to an end. He 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 took all the enjoyment out of uh, 
out of being a Nebraska fan for me. Um, it, it took all the enjoyment out of it to the point where I am, I am one of those fans and one of those people that just revs high. Like I, like my emotions get really high during games and just, you know, you've seen me at games and these games this year, it just, it just hasn't been like, I just, to the point where I'm just content watching them play them losing because I don't know anything else at this point. Like it's like, that's all we've known is these guys have fucking choked down the stretch. We went on a 98 play drive fucking with one minute and 10 seconds left in the fourth quarter against Georgia fucking Southern to finally take our first lead of the second half. And you know what? Not one person thought we were going to win that fucking game. No, Not one I mean, person, one, one minute and 10 seconds left and all they have to score a touchdown. Not a field goal to beat us. They have to score a touchdown. And not one person, including the people on that fucking sideline over there, besides maybe the transfers that are just new to the program and don't realize that fucking weird curse, we all knew we were losing that game. We knew we all Taylor, knew we were losing that game. Taylor, five minutes into that game, no one thought we were going to win yeah. that game. They punted they one time like the, in the entire game. I, I'm saying they looked like the bigger, faster, stronger, better team, football yeah. team, than we did from the get-go. Yeah, at no point. I mean, that... that and to their credit, they looked like an SEC team. Yeah, I mean, they look they looked pretty good. Well, like, you know, Clay Helton, and they did that. They they they're not a team known to run the ball. They didn't want to run the ball. They wanted to come in here and throw it all over right. the field, which they did. But they also ran it for over two hundred yards too. Well, like, let's they talk, had their way. Let's talk about and that. It's just unbelievable. Uh, Shenander, goddamn man. I mean, listen, if I'm seeing it on the TV it's, and I'm seeing a fucking a five man box on TV and they go in motion one time and both your linebackers fucking go with them. And now it's a four man line and it brand open just as open middle as you can get. And it's like, oh, if I just get through the line of scrimmage, I'm gone. And then you know, I factor in knowing that, oh, shit, this defense line ain't worth a shit. Fucking it's they were averaging eight yards a carry. I mean. It was it was a scheme that is bad. Okay, so the players are playing absolutely terrible. The defense players are playing absolutely fucking terrible, and the scheme did nothing to help them out. I mean, it was just it was like as soon as they got further through the line of scrimmage, it was off to the races. And then you you know your secondary can't tackle. And if you listen to the press conference today, or you listen to fucking Trev's press conference, and they said, well, there's going to be some immediate changes in how you know practices ran. And rewinding them back, go back to fucking first episode of this season. And I say, it's going to be tough for Scott because you got two guys waiting in the wings to become head coach. So as soon as you fuck up, like I could see Mickey Joseph being the interim coach and getting a shot of coaching. And boom, here we are, September 13th. And Mickey Joseph is the interim coach. Like, give me some keynote numbers. Like, well, it's just, I mean, you know, you see it in all walks of life. I saw that work. We hired a guy that did basically the same thing as another guy. And I was like, Oh, I feel like these guys may do the same thing. Guess what happened? Yeah, but, fucking one of them motherfuckers out the door. Fucking. But Taylor, these guys have been doing the same job for Frost for four and a half years now. Yeah, it's they it, it just they set themselves up for failure. Um, and and what's the ironic part about it is like, oh Frost, I'm going to take a more like CEO approach. I'm going to start overseeing uh, the de- first first thing he said was defense. Yeah, boy, get his hands off. Oh, and he, you know, and Nick just said, "Well, we started tackling at practice today." 
Yeah, <laughs> weird. Huh? Huh. So, so, so what do you say? You ain't been tackling that practice because it, it hasn't showed up on the field yet at all. Like, I mean, because you're tackling it like, looks this is, fucking terrific out this there. This is not the NFL. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So it's uh yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a pretty easy adjustment as as Mickey Joseph. Oh, we haven't been tackling in practice. I guess we'll tackle. Yeah, them. let's let's start with fucking football. Yeah, we haven't tackled at practice, and we have fucking uh, about twenty eight missed tackles per game. Hmm, what should we do? Oh, how about we just start tackling at practice? And you know, hmm. it, after the Northwestern and game, the players said they wanted memory. to uh, you know stay fresh, not to get anybody hurt. It's like Scott, there's nobody on this defense that we can't do without. Okay, because none of them are fucking playing worth a shit. Okay, none of them. There's not one of them that's like. He's not playing. He's playing all right. Not uh, Nam. Not a one of them. Not one of them is. Oh, I love the way you say that. Nah, yeah, man. I don't know what Nam no mean, but no one say that Nam no like you. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's it's like there. You can't. You got to break a few dishes. That, you know, <laughs> if you're gonna. I think David Bennett said something about breaking dishes to get shit done or whatever. But it's like. You can't you can't practice football without tackling. Okay, it's a fucking super fundamental approach to football, knowing how to tackle, and it's super apparent that we haven't been. Um, and you know, Scott wanted to come in and talk about how Riley's guys hadn't been squatting and shit. It's like, let's you know, who else needs to be looked at? You know, Duvall needs to be looked at, brother. What you know, you came in and here has this fucking weightlifting guru, and we got all these big dudes that look look like Tarzan, play like Jane. Okay, so what's going on? They all look all jacked up, but can't have no lateral movement at all. Okay, how about you talk to our linebackers about getting some speed, some more agility? Okay, because they're they're not getting anybody to the sidelines. They, you know, it's the offensive linemen are all big and look, they're all on the all bus team, and then you just want them to stay on the bus once you see them start playing. Not to mention, I mean, we're not going out there to to win a weightlifting competition, right? I mean, we're we we want dudes out there that can fucking tackle. Exactly, it's it's like those dudes you see I mean, at the gym. They all just muscle and shit, and then it's like, hey, you want to shoot some hoops? And they're like, Ugh. it's like, yo, shit. So you're just big and strong and can't throw a football, shoot yeah. a basketball, I throw mean, a baseball, how, or nothing. I just that's a weird thing. I don't have it in front of me, but who who uh, on the roster is the biggest person known for weightlifting? The uh, fucking polar bear. Yes. How many tackles do you think? The guy, he's got this year? He, probably zero. I think it's two. He probably has two, two snaps or two. He's got he's got as many tackles as Casey Thompson yeah. has so, this year. Not good. Not good. Um, coaching candidates. It's all over the map as usual. I mean, we're in the season where we're going to start seeing fucking flight patterns of fucking private planes and this shit and. You know, everybody's got a source, and everybody's got this. And I talked to this person, Lars Anderson. Lars Anderson, shut the fuck gonna, up, man. He's gonna, he's gonna throw. He's like, okay, right. he's hit on like two, two things you said, but it's like two for five. You know, so it's like this ain't baseball, so not, not good. Okay, so just I don't know. And so your candidates, you're hearing, you're hearing. Uh, excuse me. Um, you know, Iowa State's coach Campbell, Kansas's coach. Um, you, of course, the big fish, um, Urban Meyer, um, obviously Mickey Joseph, I think is in the thick of things. I think, you know, he, I think he has a legitimate sh- shot to get the job 
And he's got a perfect chance, too. He's got a nice addition, nine games to do it against a pretty decent schedule. Um, the coach from Coastal Carolina, um, Matt Rules, I've heard that name thrown around, the Carolina Panthers coach, Dave Aranda, the Baylor coach. Um, what what other names? Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle. Um, I guess kind of where's your where's your head at on it, any of those names? Um, and kind of what's I think the I think I think the obvious selection. I mean, if you don't know, you didn't mention him, but it's pretty obvious who we have to get. It's Deion Sanders. <laughs> Deion has been mentioned. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I you know what fucking I think Deion would be great. I mean. Because you know what, you know what, Dion knows. He knows number one recruit in the country. He knows how to recruit. He knows how to go get people to put him in a position to excel. So he would go get his go get top coordinators. I don't think we have a chance because I think he's waiting for the Florida State job to open up. And they passed on. They did. They would. They did. But we also passed on Frost because he didn't have enough coaching experience. Fucking the first time when we went hired Riley. So, but. You got to you got to remember when Dion came came up in his college career. Who was who was the top dog in college football? It was Florida State, and it was Nebraska. Yeah, it was us in Nebraska. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's realistic. Who, okay. I'm, that's, so, that's pipe so, dreams for me. He's my. Dad. I think pipe dreams are Dion and Urban Meyer. Um, I think you have to make Urban Meyer tell you no, though. Urban Meyer is the wrong type of pipe dream, though. He's like the, the alley pipe dream. We guess what? That gets you high as a motherfucker. You know, <laughs> if you ain't been high in an alley, let me tell you, yeah, it's high as a motherfucker can get. At, at the <laughs> at the same time, though, when when things go south, is he just going to go out with another health issue, quote unquote health issue? Yeah, yeah, he, he probably will. But I mean, the guys are not. What, what are you willing to do to win? What are you willing? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to succeed to win? Because there, it, you. Like, you know, we said we put up with all this shit for Frost, and he didn't win. Like, this one thing I will guarantee you, if Urban Meyer was his coach next year, we'd win 10 games. I'd fucking put my fucking life on that. But here's here's what I'll guarantee you is Frost would have st- stuck around here 10 years and, and or the bar scenes beyond again. that. No, 10 years beyond that if if we just would have uh, kept him around, even even if he kept losing. Like, if, if – I don't like losing. Urban Meyer comes in here and starts losing. Um, he's he's, he's going to just he's not going to lose. Where's he lost at in college? Uh, well, not in college. Not in college. Yes, but not in college. Well, co- no, things were starting to go a little bit weird for him at Ohio State. Yeah, weird to the tune of like, eighty nine and nine as a coach. Eighty nine and I'm and, trying to get. I'm here, trying to go left on that. I'm trying to get to that point where, where things are going rough yeah. and it's eighty nine and nine. Uh, another name I heard thrown out, um, I don't know if there's a lot of truth to it, but a guy who's got a really, really good uh, record is Chris Peterson. No. He's just old. No. He's just old. He, we no, don't want that. No. If you haven't coached at, if you've, if you haven't coached at a Power 5 level, I'm not. He, he coached at Washington. Okay. Yep, he did. I, I just think of him as Boise State. And yeah. Was he the coach when they went to the CFP? CFP? Yeah. He was. Yeah. Okay. So – I guess, but that's I like just, that's like a upgraded version of like bringing a mic right. Yeah, yeah. It's like a band aid on like a bullet. Yeah, and I I think we just need I think we need a and you're like a disciplinarian like fucking Urban Meyer's not that. I'm like I don't think we have a shot at Urban Meyer. Say it's ten percent. I'm saying you just have to you have to at least kick the tires on him. 
He's gonna he's gonna be here on well, he's campus. Be in town. He's gonna be on campus this <laughs> yeah. weekend. So you got at least hey 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 herbs. Are you uh what's up? You know, I mean, yeah, and you got to think that Baylor, uh, but more realistic, Aranda or Dave Aranda. Um, yeah, he he's like a he's a football guy too. He's a football guy, and I think that he would be a good fit. Um, and you know, you'd say, you never you'd know say, when the timing goes off for another Baylor like scandal. Too. Right. He, he ain't lying there. Um, he would say, well, Baylor's, you know, a top 10 team in the country right now. Um, and you know, they're in Texas recruiting hotbed it's, but in the changing landscape of college football, you know, people are, you're trying to get to the SEC or the big 10 and, you know, teams, they're getting left teams like best. Baylor, teams like Iowa state teams, like Kansas team, these teams that have coaches that are, you know, hot coaching candidates, like, it doesn't matter if their team would beat the shit out of us right now. Baylor would fucking run it up on us right now. We're in the Big Ten. And you know what? Between Baylor to Nebraska, like I've always said, like there's levels to this shit. And Nebraska is at a different level than Baylor. Okay. Baylor is probably the 38th most talked about program in their state. Okay. So, I mean, their basketball, women's basketball teams talked about more than them. I mean, you got Permian Panthers. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Plano West gets more fans at the, you know, like it's, I mean, you got TCU, you got Texas, you got AM, you got the Cowboys, you got the Texans, you got the, you know, basketball team. I mean, like you come here and as I already laid out, man, like this year, you're now the top dog in town. Do you want to be just another guy where you can, you know, you were, I mean, I think some people that get famous and shit, you know, would take this, but like Dave Aranda probably can go everywhere in Texas and fucking walk around and not be recognized. You know, you come here, you're now the most famous person in the state. Um, and I think people, coaches, especially have big egos. And this feeds into your ego. You know, you're now the number one show. You're the most important person in the state. You got the governor coming to talk to you. You got business owners talking to you. Everybody wants to be a friend. All right. And you know what that helps? That helps you as a leader. Right. Because you feel empowered. Exactly. And it's going to be like you got a little you got, got a little swag. Yeah. You can. It's either going to, yeah. you know, expose you or, you know, you're going to come out into who you are and, you know, really get to your really see your full potential. You know, like <laughs> like you said, you really get to see who a person is when they're given everything they could ever want. And that's what happened with Frost. You got everything you ever wanted and. You know, he showed you who he was. Um, so it's not for everybody. Nebraska has a lot of advantages as a program. We have a lot of we have some disadvantages. Like I said, you're a huge fish in a fish in a little pond here. Everybody's not yep. cut out for all this scrutiny. You know, you lose one game and it's fucking like you know everybody's jumping on you. Everybody's diving into your personal life and shit. You got people like fucking me coming on here talking about you out being a drunk. Fucking, I mean, you know, like that's not <laughs> happening at Baylor. No one gives a shit. You know, you win seven, eight games and, you know, one one big game a year and you're good to go. Um, and no one talks about you. Turn on sports talk radio down there in Texas. How many times do you think Baylor football is being mentioned? Go to Nebraska probably press conference. Think, probably more than you think, though. It's I not. mean, it is Let te- me, Texas football. It's Texas football. They ain't Texas. They Baylor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They ain't Texas. They ain't Texas A&M. And they ain't even TCU. You know, like, um, like I said, I, when I lived in Phoenix, Arizona State's a middle of the road program. 
you know how much they talk Arizona, about Arizona State football when I live down there? And, and that's crazy because Arizona has good high school football. Arizona's high school football needs to be like put on like they've got elite high school football. Like I said, the Royal of Sun. Do. I mean Chandler, Chandler, Hamilton, um, yeah. Pinnacle, um, Saguaro, Chaparral. I mean, we we've got there's a lot of big schools and big time football being played down there. I know. And let me just tell you, that eight none of them going to ASU or Arizona. Um they got great high school football, but no one gives a fuck about their college teams down there. And I just, for me, if I'm going to a school, I want it to be taken serious. I want a school that's all in on winning and all in on putting, giving you every resource to win. Um, I just, I don't know. That's just the way I look at it. Like I just, like I said, like the UCLA thing, it's like, would you want to play at UCLA goes off and wins nine games this year. It's like, and he did it in front of 73 people. And that's it. He went nine games here. Now you isn't Chip Kelly still there? Though? I think so. Yes. And DTR I mean, and he is got, still there. Say, yes. I mean, crazy. Yeah. Him and Adrian DTR came in the same year. You know, him from Bishop yes. Gorman. Well, and and then uh, Chip Kelly and Frost. Frost started at Nebraska and UCLA. Right. Same year, yep. respectively. And so it's like, yeah. I mean, to your point. I mean, the. Uh, the the public perception and the expectations of that program definitely help in your job security too. And that's why Chip Kelly, you know, did average, I mean, pretty, oh, a little bit better than Frost, but. He started off just rocking the first two years. I, he he did, yeah, rocking. I know. I know, and that's what's crazy. But, you know, Frost, you know, he, he can't, you can't come in here and say, the conference is going to have to adjust to you and then do all the things you come in here and be a cocky. And then like, yeah. And then like continue to be that cocky jerk and like not make any adjustments and like, just be always continue in your words, Taylor, the smartest man in the Mm. room and then just still see no results and then get the benefit of the doubt last year, in my opinion, and then still, go one and two against like a very, very easy the three, three game schedule where if you go three and oh there, you got the whole year. Basically, yeah. I, I would say the three easiest teams on our schedule and you went one and two and had to duke like, it out, well, duke it out for that one win where it's seven, seven at halftime. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess like we said, good luck to him. Yeah, and, and, well, and personally, no, I fucking I hate I hate him per- professionally and what he did here. Uh, but yes, get get right, fucking bounce back, and you know yeah. go be successful. Get your shit together. Get your family together, and go be successful somewhere else. Um, but it just you had to go here. He was in a got to go situation here. But um, you know I want you to succeed in life and get your shit right. Um, it just it 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 you know you needed. You needed this wake up call, and I hope it was one. Um, you know, yeah. it just and it, it sucks. I mean, like, it feel like you can't come back to your you know your home state, which would just be, uh, you know, I'm Nebraska through and through, man. I love this state. I love everything about it. I have a lot of state pride. Um, just really love the state and everything about me. It's just like, just I don't know. I'm just a real Nebraska guy. I loved growing up here. I love living here. I love the program. I love the people and what. Nebraska bodies and to be Scott 
to now, like, I feel like you can't show your face around here. Like, where are you going to be? Yeah, like, you can't be like, hey, you did. I saw Scott, saw Scott at High V yesterday. It's like, you, you got to go. You got to move out the state, man. Yeah. yeah. The ironic part is, like, out of high school, he didn't choose Nebraska Correct. either. Correct. So, so did it ever feel he like chose. he was, like, forced into this job? You know, like, just looking back on the press conferences, like, like he just, like, he was, like, a little felt bit, like he was like doing bit. us a favor, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm back, you know, like fucking don't talk to my family. Don't do nothing. So I, you know, I'm back. And he's and, like, I've been, I've been waiting. It just seems like the right time yeah. now to, to fix this. It's like, dude, you're not a carpenter. Right? Like, like we didn't call you to fix my deck. Right? <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, you ain't JC. <laughs> you ain't Jesus. You ain't Jesus. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, you know, we've talked about Frost enough. Uh, let's get it wrapped up. Uh, it's Oklahoma week. Um, uh, last year, um, you know, we went to Oklahoma, and, um, you know, some people say we played close, and that's mm, debatable. We made it look close at the end. We did have a chance. We did have the ball in a one possession game in the fourth quarter to go win the game, and that lasted, I think, three plays before, <laughs> before I think Adrian threw a goddamn pick. Um, the, the best interception of the whole season <laughs> occurred during this game. Uh, so it, um, you know, I, I will say, I think this is the worst Oklahoma team in at least 10 years, which is crazy because they're number six in the country. Um, but this is not, um, the previous Oklahoma teams of years. I mean, this is not nearly as good of team. So not to say that they won't come in here and stomp us out. Um, but this is not uh, a super elite team that's going to be competing for champion, uh, a, you know, a national championship or a college football playoff berth. This is not, this is not that Oklahoma. So, you know, the spreads moved around a little bit, started at 11 when Frost was still here and then he got fired. It went up to 13. Then, excuse me, the, it's back down to 11 and a half. Um, you know, I clearly obviously not going to, can't predict a win. Um, but what do you expect to see Saturday here in Lincoln? Well, I expect to see um, a pretty good game, to be honest. I, I, I do say too. It. I do too. I, um, I, I think that, you know, we're going to come out with a little, little revived sense of urgency. I think there's going to be a lot more excitement in the stadium because of the change that was made. I think that most people in that stadium were calling for in, uh, in advance anyway, but I don't know. I mean, who knows what we're going to see from Mickey Joseph, but right. I, I like the, uh, the, the storyline with how he like got injured as the quarterback for Nebraska against Oklahoma. Yeah. 30 years that's, ago. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I could see us like either keeping it very close or just coming and getting our doors blown off to be honest. See, so. I, I, and I see a lot of outcomes and I don't see that as one. Uh, you don't think we're going to get our doors? Blown no, off? I don't. I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see us getting blown. You know, out. It would just be the next low for Nebraska and, how do you how do you not see that coming up a little bit at this point? We don't get blown out. We fucking we lose close. I mean, we didn't under Frost. We lost close. Fucking. I mean, here's the thing. It's like if you were just in, you know, these people on the internet that don't follow football and just like, you know, like, 
like, oh, I shouldn't have been fired. And like, if you were just your average run of the mill fan and you like, you're one of those people that just like, I just want to see a close game and everybody get, you know, fucking orange slices and juice box afterwards. Like the last 15 games in Nebraska football have been super interesting. Like these three games, this first, if you're just your run of the mill football fan that want to watch some football, like Northwestern game, super entertaining. If you're, if you're not a Nebraska fan, you know, like entertaining game. Um, the fucking um, North Dakota, it was it, maybe not that interesting, but fucking not, not terrible. Um, and then last week, Georgia Southern, that was, <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're a football guy that's just wanting to watch the football, pretty interesting fucking football game, like entertainment value wise, like, and yeah. then all of last season, obviously your one possession games, I mean, high entertainment value. So um, it's just, <laughs> we just came out when you were living and dying by every win and loss uh, from Nebraska. Like, yeah, it, it sucks. But if you're just like, you know, you're running the mill fan that's like, oh, I watched Nebraska football. And it's like, yeah, the inter- games have been entertaining. Like I could see that, I guess. I mean, yeah, they have, but. And unless you're, I'm not that. I'm not that. I am not that guy. Fucking, I, I, you like, so like I could see that, that coming out and just putting up 28 points on us in the first quarter and Mickey Joseph being like, shit, man, I've never head coached. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want that because I want Mickey Joseph to succeed more than I do too. I want him to be our head coach. I, I, and I, I just want to, yeah, I want to wrap this up with that. I want, Mickey Joseph to be our coach. I want him. I want Mickey Joseph to be our coach. There's going to be have to be some other ch- staff changes, but I mean, there's some guys that obviously have earned some keep. Travis Fisher obviously would be one. Chins w- nope. going into last year would have been one, but not happening. You know, people don't talk. Mickey Joseph, you know, his brother Vance Joseph is a uh, you know a guy that could come be the fucking defense coordinator here. Um, I think I think that w- what we need to say is he is the first. Uh, black coach of any team in Nebraska athletics history, which, which I know Taylor, you're a black man. I'm a white man. I it's, that's really like frustrating for me. Yeah. Because, and I can't imagine how much or how frustrating it is for you, but at the same time for me, like, I don't like that. And um, I'm glad that this is happening. And I, I really am, am pulling for him. And like in the past podcast, like we've, we've only given him like nothing but praise yep. because he's, he's a well-renowned coach and he's earned, he's earned this. And I, I'm really pulling for him. I am too. Like I, I, th- yeah, I am too. I, I, you know, and like you said, like, I, I think he's going to be given a fair shake. Uh, we've got nine yeah. games left. I think if he wins four of them and uh, looks, you know, looks like a good product in the other ones, um, I think that he's got a good shot of doing it. One because he's he's going to bring in top talent, which um, and you know, and not to contradict everything I say said previously about us already being the number one recruiter in our division, but talent never hurts. Okay, um, you know, but. You know, you got to keep that talent um, reeled in and kind of under under control and give them discipline. Kids want to be disciplined. Kids want to be led. Yeah. You know, they want to be led like anybody. Anybody wants to be led at your company, at your job. You want to be led. You want good leadership up top. And everybody yep. wants good leadership and to be led. And they just haven't been at Nebraska. Um, you know, we've, you know. We've talked about it already, but um, I think Mickey Joseph you know would be a, bang, bang, a great coach. 
oddly enough, uh, one of the first statements he made when he uh, when he did his presser today it was like, "Me and my family are very uh, appreciative of this of this opportunity." Right. Yep. Threw his family out there right away to contradict what our boy Scott did. Exactly. And exactly. I mean, it just like I said. From like I said, there was fucking. Go back. I think it was Husker, at Huskers game day that uh, tweeted that question out. Of like, what's the first red flag you saw? And it was a laundry yeah. list yeah. of fucking things. And and you just go down. And you're like, oh yeah, that did happen. Yep, that was. And, yep, yeah, that did happen. Yep, yep, that should. Yep. I know we're trying. I know we're trying to wrap up too, but also uh, part of his presser today uh, when they asked him like the changes he was going to make, like he actually started throwing out X's and O's right. and like saying like. The gap was here. This is where we should have been. And like just speaking like an actual football coach rather than like, oh, uh, we got to take a look at the film or. You, uh, you never heard Scott you know, talk X's and O's. Never heard talk, no, Scott talk no. X's and O's. He always, he always like went to a, an assistant like, yeah, um, I know he's been working on this guy with that or like we're going to take a look at yeah. the film. No, it's like that's yeah. It, you know, you you have to be able to speak to what your team is doing on the field, and we want to we want to hear that shit. Like when I hear him yeah. talk about, you know, he's just breaking down football on a you know a very you know simple level. You know, it's simple. You know, you do, for whoa, you don't know much about defense because you only been on offense. Like, well, guess what? I'm coaching offense to break down defenses. So if I'm coaching offense, I need to know what the defense does. You know, you got one high safety, you got two high safety, and then you know you got. And you basically break it down from there. And for those guys who don't know what we're talking about, one high and two high, you're talking about safeties. Basically, your whole offense is going to be looked at how safeties are playing. Zach, you know this is a quarterback. You're going up the line of scrimmage, and the first thing you're going to be looking at is where those safeties are lined up. And I just like hearing a guy talk X's and O's. Like, Nebraska yep. fans, for the most part, are pretty fucking smart when it comes to football. I mean, not everybody, but, like, when you hear somebody break it down, like Casey Thompson um, – Two weeks ago, they had him up there, and they asked him about it, and he fucking started breaking down the X's and O's, and it was just like it mm-hmm. really just like just was like yeah, you know, tell us about tell us about the scheme, what you're looking at, what you've seen from them, not just like oh they're a good team and you know they're disciplined. Like no, tell me that you know they like to play a lot of zone coverage. You know they like to play man free. Um, you know the corners are gonna gonna get up and press you, and you know we're gonna be looking to you know get you know get on the outside. You know. Uh, some you get the tight end involved at the same, you know, like just give me some X's and O's of what you're seeing. Like, yeah, yeah. you don't have to get this game plan, but like it just, it more just tells me that like, not that Scott doesn't fucking know football. Clearly the guy's a fucking got a great football mind, but it's just like, you never heard him get up there and say anything X's and O's. And I really appreciate that. I appreciated that about Casey the other week. And I like that Mickey, just yeah. a simple, a simple fucking, you know, conversation about it. And yeah, you can't get scrutinized by the media and shit like Frost always did when you speak a different language to him, which is the football exactly. language. If you start talking you, real you speak, football lingo to you him, you speak that they, they can't they can't downfall yeah. you. They can't say you don't know what you're talking about because they don't know what you're exactly. Because at the end of the day, mean, you know more about football than all of us. So when we're yes, over here questioning exactly. what you're doing, tell us what you saw and why you did what you did because you had a fucking reason. It wasn't just because you like. You didn't just do this because, like Scott, you kicked the, you chose to do this onside kick because what? You saw the fucking that the pre previous three kicks, maybe they fucking turned their yeah. heads immediately, fucking and ran back, and you thought maybe I could sneak one. Like, don't just say, 
oh, I thought I could put away. Give me the X's. Give me the reason why you yeah. did it. I buried my head in film for yeah. six hours. I noticed the previous last I year, the guy I was playing the same position, and he always turned and ran back without before the ball was kicked off. So I thought we could get one on him. Like, tell me why you yeah. did what you did. Like, let exactly. We, we are totally invested in this. We want to hear about about that type of stuff. So, you know, don't treat us like we're, you know, you know, some kids that don't know anything like, you know, talk to us in football lingo and make us think we don't know anything. Like, damn, I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. Like, uh, you know, just like. You want to win over the football guys? Top football. Exactly. Exactly. So. um, All right. Zach, final score Saturday, Nebraska, Oklahoma, big noon kickoff on Fox, um, Urban Meyer in attendance. Um, what do you, what do you see? What do you see for the final outcome of the game? Uh, probably 35, 17, Oklahoma. Well, I think it's going to be somewhere in the range of 41, um, 41, 31, Oklahoma. Um, I think we have a decent offense. Oh, no, I, I don't disagree. <clears throat> and I think, especially our skill position guys, like, you know, our wide receiver core is good. Um, I like I said, I think uh, Anthony Grant may be our best running back since Amir. Um, and then you got AJ Allen, uh, spelling him that seems to be a pretty talented freshman. I mean, guys like Gabe Irvin, who I think can fucking play. Obviously, Frost did too. I mean, he wouldn't stop fucking talking about him. I think he can play. And um, Ramir Johnson, they can't even get on the field. That's how good. Uh, Anthony Grant is. I think this guy is an elite running back because it's not that he's running through fucking big holes. Uh, this guy is making somebody miss, breaking a tackle, and getting a bunch of uh, <laughs> yak, you know, yards after contact. So um, <laughs> I think we've got a, a dude at running back. And I think Casey Thompson is a not an elite quarterback, but I think he's a very uh, uh, very capable quarterback, um, you know, and then he showed us a little running, you know, people act like he was a fucking statue back there. Couldn't, you know, be mobile, but what do you have three rushing touchdowns on Saturday? He did. Yeah, so, you know, he, he showed that uh, if needed, he can, you know, move a little bit. So wide receivers are good, you know, um, and I'm hoping Vocalex back this week. So offensive line, obviously is clearly a question, um, clearly a concern, but um, I think Nebraska is going to be able to score points. So I'm seeing, you know, a uh, 41-31 game, um, you know, boomer sooner. Um, but, um, and like I said, it's all not, it's not all about wins and losses for these next nine games for Mickey Joseph. It's what the product looks like. Um, yeah. And I know he doesn't have much to do with the defense and how it looks, but like, if guys are doing what they're doing again, like, you know, we got, they got to be held accountable. Um and we got to see some other guys getting in there. Um, you know, Georgia Southern picked on fucking um, Hill in that number zero. Picked on him, you know, fucking. And <laughs> and it's been talked about. Well, they're were, they were the better team. They're going to beat us nine out of ten. Yeah, times. well, and they're better coached. I mean, Clay Helton's a better coach than Scott Frost. Fucking no one no one's fucking thinks he is. And, I mean, I knew that before yeah. the game. I go, we're already at a coaching disadvantage because Clay Helton's a better coach than Scott Frost. So, we're already – at a coaching disadvantage. So um, you want to see, you know, the guys play good fundamental football. And uh, let's hope they do. And the hope it's an entertaining game. And, you know, Nebraska fans, I think that, uh, you know, if Frost was the coach this week, you know, it'd be a different uh, type of environment. Um, and I think the place is going to be rocking. I think the fans are going to be 
re-energized. I think the team is going to be re-energized. Um, you know, from all accounts, everybody loves Mickey on the team. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to to see what they go out and do. Um, it looks like it's going to be another beautiful Saturday, mid-80s. Um, big noon kickoff, so you got national, national TV eyeballs on you. And like I said, at the end of the day, Nebraska is a national brand, and so is Oklahoma. And when you see those two matched up against each other, your average college football fan is going to want to tune in. It don't matter what the records are. We could be 1-2 and two or 0-10. Oh it's Nebraska-Oklahoma, and I'm excited for the game. I'm excited to see what this team could do and if if they have any uh, you know ilk about them, if they can bounce back. And who knows, uh, maybe pull off an upset or just you know go out there and give it your best effort. And you know, as our high school football coaches say, just do your best and your best will be good enough. And that's all we ask. So until next week, as always, GBR. Thanks for listening, guys. Red Re-